This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Hello, I'm Adam. I'm Nick. And welcome to episode 35 of the Fight Disciples podcast. This one is a UFC special. Of course, we're going to be talking about UFC 205, but before we get stuck into it, thank you very much if you subscribe to our podcast. Uh, if you download it on a weekly basis, we are forever in your debt. You can listen to us via Audio Boom. We're there every single week uh, doing podcasts on boxing and UFC. And you can also get us on uh, iTunes as well. All you've got to do is search us out. Fight Disciples. If you do subscribe to us, by the way, on uh, iTunes, if you could write us a five-star review, it just helps us with visibility in the charts. That would be great. Much appreciated. Now then, let's get stuck into some fighting, shall we? Because there's quite a lot to talk about. As we make this podcast on a Tuesday, the news broke overnight in the States, early morning in the UK, uh, that the, uh, the UFC 205 card in New York City has now been completed with the main event, ladies and gentlemen. The main event. That is right. At £155, the champion, Eddie Alvarez, is going to be taking on the notorious one, who's stepping down from £170 to £155 uh, to hopefully become a two-weight world champion. Hopefully, eh? Oh, Adam's already committing there, isn't he? Mate, listen, I'm never going to back against Conor McGregor. You're already backing Connor. Of course, I'm going to back Connor. I always back Connor. Every oh, the mate, old Brit pack, eh? That's mate. You know how I roll on this. Whenever the Brits are involved in anything, I will back them. Even if they're up against it, I'm hundred percent backing them. I backed him in the first fight against Nate Diaz. All right, I ended up with egg on my face. Backed him in the second fight. He did the business. I'm backing him in this. Why would I not back him in this? Who are you backing? Why are you backing Eddie Alvarez? You cheapskate. Well, I, I, know, I know you backed the Brits, but I didn't know you backed the Irish as well. What is, what, what is this? I've been to is Dublin. Anybody- I've had a pint. Any- I've had a pint of Guinness down the old Liffey. I'm all over that, mate. <laughs> is there anybody else? Any anybody else that you're just going to blindly follow into battle? You let me know. You tell me why he's not going to win this, then. I can tell you why he's not going to win. I can tell you why he is going to win. Well, you can't sit on the fence. Get the splinters out your ass and come <laughs> with a proper argument as to why you believe that Eddie Alvarez is going to win this fight. I think this is a great fight for Connor. I think this is uh, this is probably the fight that. It's a perfect matchup in terms of the lightweight division. I think uh, I think Eddie's great. He's a come forward fighter, very aggressive, loves to box. He's not grapple heavy, uh, even though he, you know he's he's got that base. But he will come out swinging. He will look to meet Connor, and he will look to fight fire mm. with fire. Well, we saw that against exactly Rafael, didn't we? What Connor wants that's exactly what Connor wants. Mm. Exactly the type of opponent he wants. The reason this is a great fight for Connor. Not only because New York needed it, not only because we touched on it last week, we knew New York card wasn't finished, didn't we? We knew there was something more to come. After 200 this year and this in July, after 202, which Connor obviously headlined, they weren't going to let 205, the first ever event in New York City, or certainly the first event in almost 20 years. Well, the first event in the city, definitely. The first event at Madison Square Garden. They weren't going to let this pass the UFC without doing something a bit special, without trying to smash the pay-per-view numbers, trying to prove a point. So we knew something big was going to happen. We just didn't know quite what. They smokescreened us. Mm. They told us Connor was injured. They told us Eddie was going to Toronto for 206 to fight Neymar Gedimov. But it was all it was all a facade. The, the fight. This is the big fight. This is the fight we all wanted to see. This is the fight that Conor McGregor definitely wanted, and obviously Eddie Alvarez, who wants to join the red pan- panty party, he certainly wanted it as well. You can't go Conor's to New- you cannot fight. go to New York City, right, 
and not have the king of the Irish on the bill, right? Half of New York City's Irish. You've got to put him on the bill. It's as simple as that. Even if he's just doing a jig in the middle of the octagon, he has to be there. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him on his his payers for this fight. Bear in mind, it was three or four million reported for the Nate Diaz fight, potentially, Mm. if rumours are right, you know, with the pay-per-view numbers, potentially more like $12 million he picked up for that fight, Connor. So th- this fight, you know, certainly Connor Connor doesn't do anything for free, as we know. Had a couple of zeros on the end of that. Mate, it's social there. media. He was even saying, "Beg me to Eddie Alvarez." We last week and it was no. start. The noise was starting to happen last week, and it was going to happen. Eddie Alvarez came out and he said, "Listen, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it." He kept saying it, and then Conor McGregor's social media was saying, "Beg me." When someone's going, when it's going back and forth like that, you know it's happening. They're just playing the theatre, the, yeah. and, the, and obviously the theatre. Yeah, exactly. And then it drops overnight, and we get we get what we want. However, there is a question that does come off the back of this, my friend, because this young man is still the 145 pound champion. Yes. Is this not making a bit of a farce now out of that division? It, it, it is in terms, if, if this fight wasn't going to happen for another six months, it would be an issue. But for me, I think what, what Connor wants and what the UFC basically can't stop him from doing now because he's such a, a, such a money-making machine for that organisation, he wants to be the only fighter in history to hold two world title belts in the UFC simultaneously. Never been done before. Mm. You know, one, BJ Penn, who was the lightweight champion once for George St. Pierre, who was the welterweight champion, and never relinquished. And that would have been the first ever time. But it didn't happen because George St. Pierre won. This is the opportunity that Connor wants to make history. He wants to cement his legacy. He can be the first guy to be a simultaneous two-weight world champion in the UFC. Beyond this fight, once he gets both belts over each shoulder and he spends Christmas with two belts, and we, 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 we all follow his social media. On Christmas, the memes on, are going to be crazy, Christmas, man. Christmas Day, he's got a turkey in one belt and a, a, <laughs> you know, a, a nice big roasted suckling pig in the other belt, <laughs> quaffing champagne and caviar. Once all that's done, once all that's put to bed and we finally get to the bottom of it, the featherweight belt, he will have to give that up. You know, He will have to give that up. Jose Aldo will probably fight for the vacant, uh, or for the full, sorry, the, the interim yeah. champion will fight for the full belt. I had a rumour today, the fight with Max Holloway could be happening. It's got to be. It's got to be Max Holloway, hasn't it? I mean, the Amazing. guy's been absolutely sensational. And, and that's a great fight. I really do hope it happens, you know, because that's a brilliant fight for the featherweight division and certainly worthy of the full featherweight belt. But that won't be happening. Connor won't be giving up that featherweight belt anytime soon. Mm. You know, he will want to keep hold of that. He'll want to make sure he spends as much time with both belts as he can. But ultimately... I don't think he will ever go back down to featherweight, regardless of what happens in this fight. But there lieth the problem. Mm. We talked about it then, where we said that the smokescreen from the UFC was that Eddie Alvarez was now going to have to go and fight Khabib Nurmagomedov at UFC 206. That was what we were being led to believe. There's two reasons behind it. Obviously, ultimately, it was a smokescreen to put us off the scent of this fight happening in New York. But... There's no getting away from the fact that Khabib Nurmagomedov is the number one contender in the lightweight division. Now, Eddie Alvarez, I think, is tailor-made for Connor. Khabib Nurmagomedov is not, not even close. In fact, if Connor's Superman, his kryptonite is Khabib, the guy is an absolute monster, and he, I fancy him to just, he, basically, he just ragdolls everybody he's ever come up against. Uh, this is a guy that notoriously, when he was a child, wrestled with a grizzly bear. 
Why not? Why not? Why not? I used to just play footy in my back garden. Mate, I just I just used to play football in the back garden. That's all I used to do. Kick the ball against the house, yeah? This guy wrestled a little bit. You know, I fancy having a bit of a The more you think about it, the more fucking mad it is. I'm just going to wrestle a bear, mate. What are you doing tonight, Khabib? I'm wrestling a bear. So this guy's a monster. So the sooner Connor gets this thing done, the better. You know, it makes perfect sense. He's got to win this lightweight. So this is his opportunity to win it because I'm telling you, once Khabib gets his hands on this lightweight belt, ain't anyone getting it off, anyone getting it off him anytime soon. So it's a great fight for Connor. It's a great fight for Eddie Alvarez. Again, biggest paycheck of his career. And it's the fight that New York, UFC New York, this first event at Madison Square Garden. It needed it. It needed this fight for us all to get super yeah. excited. Well, I'm, dub- I'm double excited because uh, I don't know if you noticed, because a lot of a lot of the announcements now have just been quashed and nobody's talking about them. Johanna, Johanna's on the bill as well, which is always a good uh, thing for me. I'm dead excited about that. That's what I thought we'd be talking about this week until obviously the Conor McGregor news came in. Yeah, jo- Johanna, who? What, what? What's her second name, Adam? Sorry, Jedrajek. J- <laughs> Piss off! <laughs> and who's, the, who's the girl she's fighting? Who's the girl she's nah, fighting? Nah, I don't know. Amber she's going to get beat, and she's going to get beat quick. That's all. <laughs> that's a, you know what? That's an amazing fight against Carolina Kay. Yeah, uh, two Polish girls going at it. They've got a, a little bit of history there. They've been going backwards and forwards. That's an amazing fight. Tyron Woodley, one of my favorite fighters in the UFC, one of the nicest guys in the UFC as well. Diamond. Uh, people who may not have seen him fight may have seen him in a couple of movies. He was in uh, he was in the NWA movie, uh, Straight Outta Compton. He's, he's, he's in yeah. a new Spider-Man movie. He's fighting Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. He was a lot of people's favorite fighter yeah. in the UFC right now. Incredible kickboxing athlete. Then on the undercard, we got Weidman versus Romero. Amazing middleweight fight. Donald Cerrone versus Gastelum. Great fight. The guys who I work with are fighters only are super excited for that one. Uh, you know, I would love to. Original opponent was supposed to be Robbie Lawler. Yeah. You know, that would have been amazing. Personally, I would have loved to have seen Nick Diaz come back at this event and fight Cerrone. But Gastelum, make no mistake, top eight, top 10, top eight ranked, uh, welterweight. Another great test for Cerrone. And then Frankie Edgar, one of my favorite fighters of all time, is fighting Jeremy Stevens. That's an amazing fighter featherweight too. So this card, I'm not surprised. Dana White, when he's when he confirmed the main event on the ESPN Sports Center on Monday night, he come out and said, this is the best event we've ever done. And you know what? I think it could be. We just talked about uh, your, Johanna Jadrajek. So you will get there. <laughs> uh, but a lady that is really shaking up the, the ladies uh, UFC is obviously Chrissy Cyborg. There's been a lot made of her over the last uh, week to two weeks regarding weight cutting and getting herself down to a fight that she was involved in at the weekend in Brazil. Um, mm-hmm. She made it. I mean, she made weight. Just, just made it. And I'll tell you something, the performance at the weekend was absolutely blistering once again. Why do, why do we keep... I know that we're concerned about health and we want people to be safe with the weight cut. But at the end of the day, it's her decision. Let her crack on, because if she keeps putting in performances like she did at the weekend, then is it that big of a deal? Well, that's the problem, you see. She says she can't. She says that. She, she's a 145-pound fighter. She's the featherweight champion in Invicta. She was the featherweight champion in Strike Force. She's a featherweight fighter. Problem is, the UFC doesn't have a women's featherweight division. Yeah. It has two divisions. It has bantamweight, which is Ronda, Amanda Nunes, yeah. you know, Misha Tate, Holly Holm. And it has strawweight, which is Joanna, Johanna, and, yeah. you know, and 
So we, the UFC doesn't have a weight class to fit. On the scales, on the scale, she looked absolutely knackered, didn't she? she well, looked... this is it, you see. So the UFC have said, right, we want you in the UFC because you're the biggest star, biggest female star outside of the UFC categorically. We want you in the UFC, but you need to get down to bantamweight. And she said, I can't make bantamweight. So they've, they've hooked it up with their top nutritionist, George Lockhart, who works with all the best guys, Connor, everyone. They've hooked her up with him, and he's basically trying to bring her down gradually. Now, this is her second fight in the UFC, and her second fight at 140, which is catchweight. That's between bantamweight and featherweight. It's not a real weight division. This is her second fight at 140, and obviously what the UFC wanted to see is, okay, you, you may have struggled to make 140 in your first fight, but this is the second fight, so they really wanted to see her come in about 138, 137 maybe. So she's kind of taken baby steps between towards making 135 pounds but what we've seen is that she only she literally only just made 141 pounds yeah she's categorically saying i cannot make bantamweight i cannot do it so the ufc are now in a dilemma you know uh the color commentator joe rogan came out this week on his own podcast and said the ufc have got to start a 145 pound division for the women they've got to introduce a featherweight weight class so chris cyborg can fight safely and we can see one of the best female fighters in the world competing. Great, that makes perfect sense, makes perfect sense, except there just isn't the strength in depth no. in the women's weight classes to suddenly start bringing in more. There's not many straw weights in the UFC. I was going to say, right? who would she fight? There isn't weights. anybody, is there? There isn't anybody at 145 pounds for it to fight. There isn't, no. There obviously, there's no, if there was, the UFC would be doing it by now, you know, because mm. even when she fights in Invicta, you know, prior to the UFC and when she was defending an Invicta featherweight belt, Google search the girls who she's fighting, you know, she's not fighting recognized names. So if you introduce a 145 weight class, you're not going to get a, a catalog of female fighters that are automatically going to sell. You know, Lena Landsberg, the girl she fought the weekend, again, another Google name fighter, you know, not a name that most fight fans are familiar with. And that would be the problem if they induced, introduced an entire weight class. Because, listen, Ronda ain't going up to 145. No. Holly Holm ain't going up to 145. Because if Cyborg's putting performances like that when she's dead at the weight, when she's killing herself to make weight, mm. imagine what she'd be like when she was fully hydrated. <laughs> she'd be killing people. So not, ain't no one going to give her the, the advantage of her full weight class. There's a lot of noise about her and Ronda, though, being made for 2017. Do you think it's close? You know... It makes economic sense, but you know, at the end of the day, when 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 we're seeing videos of Cyborg literally in balls of tears, naked, lying on the scales, you know, literally looking like a woman that's really on the Ill. edge, looks ill, yeah. yeah, really ill. You know, that was that that was to do one forty one. So, where how is she going to get another six pound off and then fight Wanda safely? And then we're kind of stepping. We're stepping into the area of, God forbid, what if she did that and fought Ronda and got hit? What would be the long-term effects on the sport, not even just the UFC, but the sport, that they're basically forcing this woman to lose too much weight mm. to fight just just to make money, if you like, just just for the fight. So it's all good and well that Ronda's coming out now and, and coming out of the woodwork and saying, oh, oh, I think it's Dana actually is, is kind of putting words in her mouth saying that yeah. she definitely wants this fight. Yes, it's easy to say that when Cyborg evidently can't make 135 pounds. Just a quick one on uh, safety first, actually. At, yeah. the, at the same show at the weekend. Um, Big country. 
the big country man. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of respect within uh, mixed martial arts in general. But when you're fighting your mate, it must be quite difficult to obviously go and do a proper job on him. And we yeah. saw that in the first round of this fight between Roy Nelson and Bigfoot of the weekend. They circled each other. They had a little bit of a tickle, a bit of a spar. And then the second round, obviously, it was a case of, right, let's put a bit of a show on for the fans. And the big country knocked him out. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I I agree with him, to be fair. I, I thought, um, even though Bigfoot was moving... It was it's hard, It was hard to judge, but I, I thought myself, the first punch, the first uppercut, I thought he'd done him, and that was the end of it. And yes, he was maybe recoiling and making it look like he was attempting to fight back, but I don't think he was. He was out cold, and he hit him a good few times. Big hits as well, right on that chin. Yeah. And I think he was right to, uh, to, to react the way they reacted towards Big John, the referee, to say to himself, Oi, man, what are you doing? Why are you watching this? Jump on in. My mate doesn't need to take these shots to his face. Yeah, I think obviously Roy and Roy knows better than anybody. He's, he's a knockout merchant. He knows when when someone's out and not. So he knew with the shot that he landed on Bigfoot that the fight was over. Um, but but then again, you know, Big John is the most experienced official in mixed martial arts. This is a guy that was around UFC one. Mm. This is a guy that came long before Dana White and everybody else. Certainly long before long before Roy Nelson. This was a guy that was there at the epicenter of, of, of this organization when it first became an organization. You know, he, he was a pal of the Gracies. He was around all that. And I think he was refing events in the UFC, you know, from about UFC three or five or whatever. So there's no more, there's no official with more experience than Big John McCarthy. And Big John must have seen something in Bigfoot that he thought this fight's not over. You know, this fight can come back. First and foremost, in any sport, you know, the, the athletes cannot lay their hands, or in this case, feet on the official. You know, they just can't do that. You can't get, you, you're down a slippery slope, really. You're down like... It's funny, though. It's funny. It makes a good yeah. gif. It makes a great oh, was, gif on a Saturday, on a Sunday morning. It was hilarious. It was like, <laughs> I am Sparta. <laughs> you know, that kick to the stomach thing. But it's, uh, you know, you want to keep, you want to keep uh, your officials, your, your third man, they, they've got to be protected in that way. And, that's what made it disappointing. I know the Brazilian authorities now have come out and said that they're going to do an internal investigation. It seems to be hinged on the fact of Jim, Big John McCarthy doing a writing a report or, or a complaint. I can't see him doing that, to be honest with you. No. Again, he's, he's an experienced official. He probably had a beer with Roy on the flight on the way back to the US, and he's probably, you know, they, they probably apologize. I know Roy has apologized via Twitter, but I'd be surprised if he hasn't apologized face to face as well. The heat of the moment, obviously, he, he's looking out for his pal. As far as he's concerned, he, do, he doesn't need to punch him again. And um, I think it's a, you know, a bit of a mountain out of a molehill, to be honest with you. Hopefully it all blow, blows over. There certainly wasn't anything vindictive in it, but it was, it was pretty funny. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. Uh, now then, uh, next week for the Fight Disciples is quite a, a special week because it's uh, the first time that the UFC has actually come to our to our home. Normally, we have to go and visit them. Now, they're coming to our gaff. And this is all because of Bisping, obviously, being the middleweight champion of the world. It's happening at Manchester Arena uh, on October the 8th. Fight week is next week. It's happening right here in Manchester, where we do this podcast from. Uh, so, therefore, me and Nick will be all over it for you all week, whether it be backstage stuff from the uh, fighters' hotels, whether it be... Uh, weigh-ins, open workouts, you name it, we are covering the lot. So make sure, first of all, 
you subscribe to our little podcast via Audio Boom or via iTunes. Just search us out under Fight Disciples. Make sure you follow us on social media. The reason why I say that is because we'll be making quite a few videos next week. The place to see that is on our Facebook page at Fight Disciples. Uh, we'll be regularly tweeting from these events um, on Twitter at Fight Disciples and you'll be able to keep up to date with all the pictures as well of these fighters talking to us uh, via our Instagram. And I've no doubt because Nick's a scouser, he'll be nicking some stuff and getting it signed. <laughs> and, and therefore, you can probably win it offers, you know what I mean? Because that's what we do. Yeah, it's going to be a good week. I'm excited. It's going to be a cracking week. And let's be honest, there's a lot of good British fighters on that card that we're excited about catching up with. Our very own Danny Hot Chocolate Roberts, who was on our second ever episode, he's back in the UK. Uh, fighting. Yeah. There's some fantastic... I mean, Brad Pickett's on there as well. We've got, obviously, Bispin himself. It's going to be a great week for British UFC. Yeah, it sure is. Yeah, my, my sleeper there is Arnold Allen versus Mersad Bektik. I think that's a hell, hell of a fight. That's my sleeper fight of the night. But uh, the whole card's a belter, you know. It's, even it's even be... more so than Masasi. Gego Masasi's on there, mate. You know what I mean? This is a hell of a fight that they've got lined no, up no. there. I think it's a it's a great card, you know. It's uh, it's going to be a strange one, isn't it, next Saturday? Because obviously the, the the main card, the, the prelim, the first fight in the prelims doesn't start until gone midnight. I don't mm. think so. It's going to be a, a funny Saturday night, but eleven thirty excited for the whole week. It's going to be cool. Listen, I've been looking at my itinerary. Yeah, I think they allow us into the arena at ten. That's night time, ten p.m. First fight's eleven thirty. It's going to be a little bit bizarre, isn't it? It's going to be interesting, yeah. But and it's then- going to be cool. It'll be cool as well. As long as I'm not asleep, you know what I mean. I'll be. Uh, I'll get me Lucas said. Yeah, <laughs> don't forget the Lucas age at the Red Bull. <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.